This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. everybody it is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in middletown connecticut welcome to a friday morning wake up call tgif here on sports country radio we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning and you look i know uh i appreciate those of you that had hung in there with us our our schedule has been a little sporadic over the uh the last couple of weeks as uh we make the transition here uh, to move uh, down south and uh, try to uh, get going. I, I, Dave says we're having some audio issues. Uh, so hang on. Uh, Dave is watching on Facebook, and he says there's audio issues. So let's see if we can uh, figure out what's going there. Uh, hopefully we can get this figured out. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to a Friday morning on Sports Country Radio. It's been a, uh, a hectic couple of weeks here for us, but uh, we are getting closer and closer to uh, to moving down south, I am really uh, uh, looking forward to this, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to be on a fairly regular schedule uh, from here on out. So uh, we shall see how that goes. Now, I do know that I am traveling to North Carolina next week, so there will be no show on uh, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and uh, hopefully, uh, we will be back. Uh, for a show on Friday. Dan Zapano is going to join us next Friday as well as he does every Friday. So we're going to do our best as we make this transition to try to be on more. Right now it's been like, seems like to be like a Friday just on Fridays, but we're going to try to be here more more frequently. I'll definitely be here on Monday and Tuesday of next week. I'll be traveling Wednesday, Thursday, hopefully back for a show on Friday uh, with Dan Zampano. Dan's going to be coming up with us here in a couple of minutes as we talk about this week's NFL games, a little bit about last week's games as well. Uh, so I hope you'll stick around for that. Uh, before we get to Dan, uh, some stuff around Major League Baseball last night. Uh, the B- Toronto Blue Jays took one on the chin last night, lost to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Toronto took an early lead. They were tied 2-2 after uh, four innings, but Stephen Matz really struggled for Toronto. Look, he's had a pretty good season coming over from the Mets. Uh, but last night uh, he threw 80 pitches to get through three innings and left. He gave up, given up seven hits and walked a couple of guys in two innings. So he struck out six, but they had to get him out of there, and uh, the bullpen couldn't hold it. Uh, they, uh, the bullpen ended up giving up four runs in the next three innings, and uh, Minnesota ends up beating Toronto. So Toronto takes a step back in the wild card hunt, but this wild card race is absolutely crazy. Right now, of course, the Red Sox still hold that number one position. Uh, the Yankees sit in the number two position. And then the Toronto Blue Jays are a game back. The Seattle Mariners are two back. And the Oakland Athletics are four back. Oakland's hopes, I think, are pretty much uh, dead in the water. But uh, with the Yankees series coming up this weekend in Boston, look, the Red Sox can bury the Yankees. If the Red Sox sweep that series this weekend, which, by the way, I don't expect, uh, but if the Red Sox do manage to sweep that series this weekend, the Yankees are done. And how sweet that would be if the Red Sox could be the ones to uh, to, to bury the Yanks. It would be a, a beautiful thing. I'm not counting on it, but tonight is a game. It's fascinating because Nathan Evaldi, who has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year, you know, even though you look at his record, and that's why you know win-loss records these days are so—they um, don't really matter. I mean, you know, really. I mean, he's ten and eight, but his ERA is about three and a half. His WHIP is one point one five. You'll take that all day long. Uh, Garrett Cole, the ace of the Yankee staff, fifteen and eight. His numbers are very similar to uh, to Evaldi's. His ERA is a little bit lower. He's got a few more strikeouts, but uh, and you know, I don't get caught up one of the big you know these these new metric stats and stuff and one of them is you know war win win above replacement 
Well, if you look at that stat, and it's not something that I put a lot of stock in, but a lot of the eggheads do. If you look at that, Nathan Avaldi right now in the American League is the third most valuable pitcher in the American League. Think about that for a minute. Garrett Cole is number one. Nate Avaldi was either second or third in, in terms of war, wins above replacement. And again, I, you know what, whatever that means, it means, but still, uh, with the egghead numbers, that means that uh, Evaldi has been one of the best pitchers and should get some consideration for Cy Young. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's what we're looking at. So pretty crazy when you when you look at it that way. Look, the Red Sox uh, are red hot seven in a row. They have taken advantage of some bad teams. That is an awful New York Mets team. It is an you know, an awful Baltimore Orioles team. The Red Sox took care of business where they had to. You know, and if they take two out of three from New York this weekend, you know, the Red Sox have to be happy with, with that. There's no doubt about it. Sox are 20 games over 500 at home. This is the, these are the final home games of the season before they go on the road. They finish up at Baltimore and at Washington, games that are all winnable. Look, the Sox have it right there in front of them. If they don't make the playoffs with the way that they finish their schedule with all these teams, you know, the Orioles for six, the Mets, and then a few with the uh, the Washington Nationals, if they can't make the playoffs with that schedule down the stretch, then, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. But they are a virtual lock for the playoffs, and now I've probably given them the kiss of death. But two out of three this weekend, and the Yanks are in trouble. The Yanks are in trouble, you know, despite the loss for Toronto last night. And, uh, you know, look, we'll see. Uh, Jose Barrios goes for the uh, the Blue Jays tonight against his former team. Barrios having a nice season as well. Uh, so uh, I expect to bounce back from them tonight. Uh, one other quick thing, uh, or two other quick things. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals stay absolutely red hot. Unbelievable. Their 12th straight win last night. The St. Louis Cardinals, who a couple of weeks ago, Seem to be deader than a canned ham. I'm serious. I mean, I said they, I did. They look like they had no shot. Well, where are they now? Well, if the playoffs started today, they're in it. They, they would be the second wild card team. I mean, look, they'd have to play the Los Angeles Dodgers, but they're in it. You know, they went from nothing to winning 12 in a row, and all of a sudden are 14 games over 500 and uh, look like they're in great shape to make the playoffs. The, the only teams that can catch them right now. Uh, the Phillies that are four and a half back, Phillies have a better chance of winning the division. Um, and the Padres, the Padres are six back with, uh, what, 10 games to go. So the Padres are, you know, basically dead in the water as well. So the Cardinals are going to make playoffs. It, amazing. Uh, Adam Wainwright was not great last night, but Paul Goldschmidt bailed him out. Goldschmidt with a couple of home runs last night. Wainwright did pick up his 2000th career strikeout. He's the ninth active pitcher to have 2000 strikeouts. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just, and you know, they, they've got a little bit of an issue with Nolan Arenado has got a bit of a back problem right now, you know, but, uh, they took out the Milwaukee Brewers three straight times. The Milwaukee Brewers who have already clinched a playoff berth, but be that as it may, they're not, it's not like they're throwing out nobody, you know, they, they went with their regular rotation, their regular lineup last night. And you got to give the Cardinals credit. They are hotter than a firecracker. Uh, last thing in the in the minor leagues, I'm looking forward to this. They are beginning testing a pre-tacked baseball in AAA uh, for the final week and a half of the season. This is something that they do in the Japanese League. It's something that they do in South Korea. It's something that they used in the Olympics. And a lot of the guys that pitched in the Olympics for the U.S. team raved about this thing. Uh, the the uh, Major League Baseball has had a prototype for a little while. They sent it around for pitchers to check it out. They are going to start using it for the final week and a half of the AAA season. It does not gives, doesn't give you a lot of time for the data, but I would not be at all shocked if you see this next year in spring training, that Major League Baseball goes to this in spring training to see how it flies, see how it goes. And, uh, you know, we may not be far away from that. And, you know, finally we can put to rest all this, uh, you know, foreign substance crap and these guys that have been whining about not being able to grip on a baseball. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's finally what we need to – to take care of this problem and get it done once and for all. It's 16 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us. Well, he actually, I taped the interview uh, last night for, for uh, full disclosure. Dan was busy today, so we uh, taped the interview last night. But that will be coming up after the break. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 
Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and as we are every Friday, we are joined by the one, the only Dan Zampano, and the one thing I know after last week, Dan, is remind me never to go betting in Vegas with you. A tough day at the office, as you put it. Your picks were a little a little shaky last week. Yeah, it was not a good day. Not a good day for the Sunday card guys. Uh, one and four on the day, two and twelve overall. It was just a, one of the worst weeks we've had. It, it made up for week one because, of course, we win all over the place in week one, and then week two, of course, we lose all over the place. So right. we're breaking even. Okay. Well, so I guess that's one way to look at it. I guess so, but yeah, it was not good. But it was a good day for my team, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. So what we will say is your next career will not be as uh, you know. You're not going to be quitting your job to go out and just gamble in Vegas. That's what you're telling me. You never know, Gene. You never know. <laughs> All right, let's get to the game that you were at and your streak remains perfect. The Patriots spanked the New York Jets, but I don't know how much of it was the Patriots spanking the Jets as it was the Jets just being horrific. Uh, that was that was brutal. And, you know, people say, well, this you know, team is rebuilding. Rebuilding from what? Uh, Zach Wilson, four interceptions, uh, got sacked four times. Uh, they did run the ball fairly effectively, the Jets. I'll give them that. They, you know, they averaged you know, well over four yards a carry on the ground. But uh, Mac Jones, nice bounce back game there. He did get sacked a few times, but again, played pretty well. And Damian Harris with the run of the year. That touchdown yes. run he had, he carried everybody but me into the end zone. That was a that was a bulldoze of a run. In fact, uh, I was actually inside watching it on the screen, getting getting uh, beverages for halftime, and I'm looking at it, and some guy is trying to cut me in line, and I'm just like, you can't cut me in line because Damien Harris just scored. So, um, <laughs> but out, outside of that, I mean, look, this game clearly is about the Jets and not about the Patriots. Right. I think we we need to we need to put this in perspective. That kid Zach Wilson was thrown to the wolves. And is not ready to play. Right, he's just not ready to play. I mean, he had two, his first two passes as interceptions. Three of his first four were interceptions. Four on the day. I mean, and the and the last three. I mean, the first one maybe you could say it was a coverage thing, and maybe they they baited him into it. But the last three, my God, I mean, they were just he had underthrown balls. He was he was sailing those things. I mean, he really. I mean, he looked like he was trying to throw it into the third row on the fourth one. I mean, it was it was not good. It was not good from Zach Wilson and the Jets. Um, the Jets, though, I think, and I'm going to say something that may be a little controversial, and I think people will uh, will probably think I'm panicking. But if the Jets don't have four interceptions, I don't think they lose. I really don't think though. I I, really? I think they actually. I think the Patriots got gifted a game. Okay, that's what I think. I I was actually quite disappointed in how the not only the strength of the team that it was so branded to be in the offseason played in the offensive and defensive line. But overall, I mean, there were mistakes. The play calling was handcuffed, uh, handcuffed Mac Jones. Don't let him throw it down the field. He had one to two throws down the field of right. actually more than 10 yards. Right. I mean, you're talking about screen plays, the running game. Yes. Are they good at running the ball? They are. But in the pass protection, my God, I mean, it is a revolving door at that right tackle spot right now. It is just not good. Isaiah Wynn, what else is new? Absolute disappointment. Uh, and then, you know, you got guys on the defensive line like Devon Godshaw. I don't know whether we should play him or water him because he looks like a plant out there. I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible. I, you know, and, and I really, I mean, remember, they put so much money into these, into these, two spots on on the uh, on the team right is offensive and defensive line right and so far they've been a major major disappointment and it needs to get corrected quickly well you know and it's a fair point when you know you say that because you look at the the stats in the game and i mean the patriots only had 260 yards of offense for the entire game you know you're not beating a lot can't of, win that you way know, you can't. cannot win I mean, that the way the jets actually you know the jets actually won the time of possession game they won the total offense game uh you know what they didn't do was win the turnover game and the penalty wow. game you know the jets wasn't just it wasn't just the uh the interceptions i mean they hit themselves i think they had almost 100 yards in penalties didn't they i mean it was brutal yes they had eight penalties yeah. patriots also had six penalties by the way and then again one for three in the red zone i mean right. what are we doing here like the the play calling in the red zone it's feels like it is uh, watered down for Mac Jones. That's what it feels like. They're trying to protect yeah. the kid. And and I don't blame them for doing that, 
but at least, you know, let's let's at least somewhat open it up to give him a little bit more confidence going it down the field. Well, and I guess the, the, the part that's disappointing about that as well, I mean, they went through the same problem in the red zone last year with, you know, the situation they had with Cam Newton at quarterback. You had hoped with a new quarterback that it was going to get better, you know, and that they were going to, if, they, if they're going to have the confidence in Mac Jones, they're going to let him play and, you know, uh, you know, I, and, and it looks like they get down into the red zone and it's like if they don't run the ball for a touchdown, they're not going to try to throw it into the end zone very often. They have not thrown a pass into the end zone. Yeah, I know. They have not thrown yeah. one into that 10-yard area. What happened to Hunter Henry being this giant weapon well, you in, know, the, in the red zone? Yeah, him what happened to John o. Smith? Right, exactly. I mean, what happened to those? Those two what guys, happened to that? Yeah, those are the two guys that you would expect would be the main targets down there, just the way Gronk was for so long, and just the way, by the way, Gronk continued to be for Tom Brady last week. Right. You know, I mean, you look at that, and you've got these two guys, and these are both, you know, these aren't like – no names at tight end. They both have pretty good resumes coming in. What are we waiting for? Yeah, it's my question exactly. I'm not really sure. I will say that the Patriots do water down probably most of their playbook in the beginning of the season to try and kind of figure it out. It's been notorious for that. Yep. But let me tell you something. This week, they better yeah. open it up because this is a huge game. If they do not win this game, there's a good chance that they're going to go 1-3 and three because – we know who's coming the week after. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm sure uh, Brady, after some of the comments that we've heard this week uh, leading up to oh. that, is is not entirely too pleased with some of the things that have been coming out about him in those New England days. So Tom, I'm sure he's wanting to, to pound them. Tom Brady's got to be real happy with his father speaking out, too. Oh, my goodness. You, oh, my. Tom's, Tom's got to be calling his father and saying, Dad, will you please shut the hell up, please? Don't We don't but, need to give them any bulletin board material or anything. Dad, stop. <laughs> but can you, can, you, can you think of a better conduit to say what Tom Brady cannot say? Well, no. I mean, than, I, than Tom Brady Sr. I 100% believe everything that his father said. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I believe it. Yep. But Tom's also got to be saying, Dad, why didn't you, you know, maybe now is not necessarily the time. Why don't we wait? Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's not, it's not a question of whether it needs to be said or whether it, it's the right, whether it's tr- the truth or not, because I, I believe, I believe a, it should be said. And I do believe that it's the truth, but please just wait a couple of weeks. I mean, I'm so it's it's like it's like your dad, you know, hitting on the waitress and asking her name <laughs> at, at 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 the restaurant. It's like, Dad, shut up, well, shut yeah. up. While you're, my son yeah. here, he he plays, you know, my son, you know, like it's it's, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, it's your dad hitting on the waitress while your mother's sitting at the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, your dad would never do that. No. Okay. Good. Uh, so look, uh, we'll talk about this coming week's game because they do have their hands full. Alvin Kamara is going to be that in and of itself is going to be a handful for this defense. Um, so, but we'll talk about that when we get to the picks, because uh, uh, this is a, it's a fascinating game to me. I think uh, you know, and and I, New Orleans did its Jekyll and Hyde imitation, you know, mm-hmm. from one week to the next. So it's it's fascinating to me. But we'll get to that. Uh, a little bit in a minute. Let's talk about some of the other games around the NFL. And let's talk first about that Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins game. And everybody's making a big deal about, you know, Josh Allen, you know, you know, step forward for him, which it was. But at the same time, yeah, you have to wonder how if this game is different if Tua doesn't get hurt in the first quarter. Oh, of course. I mean, I I do wonder that, but at the same time, isn't Tua? I mean, how much more are you getting out of Tua than you're getting out of Jacoby Brissett? That's, fa- that's that's fair. That's fair. You know, yeah. I mean, like maybe you're getting a little more accuracy yeah. in in some ways, but you're. I mean, Jacoby Brissett can run. Yep. Jacoby Brissett has a bigger arm than Tua. True. You know, like that's I mean, fair. Jacoby Brissett started more games than Tua in this league, right? Or, or at least similar amount of them. I mean, you know. I'm not entirely sure how much worse the Dolphins are or how much better. I think they just shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times by turning the ball over. Right, right. Um, so so that's that's the real issue for Miami in this game. Yeah, it was a stinker, but once Tua came out of the game, the, the balloon kind of deflated and it ended up the Buffalo. Buffalo needed this game. Buffalo needed to get right. I didn't think they particularly looked great on offense, but they did whatever they had to do to be able to win the game, and they got timely turnovers in 
deep into the Miami territory. Well, yeah, and you know, people were making a big deal out of of you know the, the bounce back they said for Josh Allen. Except you look at the numbers and you're like, well, his 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 numbers were nothing to write home about. I mean, he had no. about fifty percent pass, you know, percentage. He less than two hundred yards. You know, threw a pick. I mean, he wasn't great. I mean, he didn't stink as bad as he did the week before, I suppose, but yeah, not by a lot. I, I think Brian Dable needs to figure out different ways to, to use Josh Allen at this point and calm him down. I, I, I do think that there is a spastic nature to the way that Josh Allen plays football. Good way, good way but um, I, I <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's to me, we talked about this in the beginning of the year. We thought that the Bills were, last year was an outlier. Right. We we said that, and we think now once you once 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 teams see you after a year, they start to kind of figure you out if you're good. And I think we're seeing that with Buffalo this year, and I think that's why we think there's going to be some major regression. Uh, another injury last week occurred in uh, the game between the Bears and the Bengals, and uh, Andy Dalton, who actually was playing a pretty good game, ends up with a knee injury. He is out this week now. But they still managed to win the game over a Cincinnati Bengals team. And, man, I'll tell you what, uh, I know Joe Burrow got hurt last year, but I really am beginning, you know, and I don't know when you push, whether it's the panic button or what, or whether you start to question whether Joe Burrow is going to be a viable quarterback in the NFL, but he sure as hell didn't look good last week. Well, he didn't look good, but as soon as they put Fields in the game, all of a sudden the game completely turned, turned around. I mean, it was 20-3 to three in the fourth quarter, right. and then – bang, the Bengals scored two touchdowns and almost come back and win the game. The question is not Burrow. I don't think Burrow is the is the question mark on the Bengals. The okay. question is, why the heck did they not draft Panay Sewell? I mean, <laughs> what are they what, – I mean, yeah. what is wrong with you? These, this guy is getting killed. killed yeah. How can you keep throwing this guy out? Now he's got to go play Pittsburgh this weekend. I mean, how can you keep throwing your franchise out there and not protect him? I mean, it's an indictment. I said it last year at the end of the show when we did the end of our show recap. The biggest mistake that any team made was – uh, not putting money into the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals because it got Joe Burrow hurt, and it's going to do it again this year if they're not careful. Well, he got sacked. So yes, Cincinnati. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, he got sacked five times last week. You know, I mean, and you look at this week. You say, you know, Pittsburgh. This is maybe a question of which quarterback gets killed first. <laughs> it's funny, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is interesting, and I'm sure we might talk about. It, we might not, but Pittsburgh's got a lot of injuries too. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna so, we're gonna talk know, about it. We're going to talk about I'm it for sure. sure. I mean, I'm but, sure. So you know, but, but you know, again, like you said, Burrow may be uh, maybe on his way to the hospital, but <laughs> you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I just I, I'm at a loss with the kid. I really like him, you know, and I loved him in college. I mean, I just love watching him play in college. But the ability to translate that has been difficult. And you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a simple case of he's running for his life half the time. I think that's definitely it. And, you know, I mean, look at Chicago. They have the same issue. Right. I mean, except Fields can run around. Yeah. You know, so Fields can run around. Burrow can't do it as well as Fields can. You know, Fields, although Fields has got to figure out how to actually throw the ball on target on yeah. time. But, you know, yeah. outside of that, you know, no, total, total, totally fixable in a week, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why he's starting here. I mean, I don't understand why these quarterbacks are all starting so early. I mean, like manage these quarterbacks. I mean, look at the Patriots are just managing Mac Jones, right? Like right. they just will not let him throw fields. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with Andy Dalton. I think, I think that Andy Dalton's starting is probably good for fields. Cause we saw from fields in the preseason, but it ain't that good. Right. It wasn't that good. And, and does he have to start now? I think they're only starting him now because they need to shave, save their jobs. That's really the only reason they have Nick Foles on the roster. They could start. Him. That's a good point. They won't. They won't. Yeah. Uh, another guy that is struggling with injuries, Carson Wentz, has two bad ankles. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Carson Wentz struggling with injuries. Yeah, I know how. I mean, <laughs> has, has this been like how long has this headline been in, in the news? Yeah, yeah. But you know, he, you know. So now, now there's questions about what you know whether he's going to be able to play this week. And what did I read? I, I think I read something about he's like trying everything short of you know spiritual healing to figure out how to get these. And maybe spiritual healing would be better for him. I don't know. But I think so at this point. At this point, I mean, if you were going to tell me, if you're going to hear and you, I said, Gene, did you hear about the guy who sprained both his ankles? <laughs> like, 
Who would be yeah. the first person you'd think of? Yeah, that'd be the guy. Yeah, you're right. You know? Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. You know, and, and that, you know, that was an entertaining game last week with the Rams and the Colts. And, you know, I thought, uh, I thought you know, everybody can calm down about Stafford. He was pretty good, but he wasn't otherworldly as he was the week before. But he was still, you know, it's still, I thought, a pretty good, you know, performance for him. So uh, that Rams team, do you think they're better than they were with Goff at quarterback? Do you think Stafford's the difference? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, look, Goff Goff can give you a couple of good games here and there. He can play good for a half. We saw it on Monday night in Detroit. I mean, he played great for a half. But then in the second half, he's going to absolutely crumble. He's going to absolutely just, you know, it's going to go down his leg and he's going to lose it. I mean, that's just what happens with Jared Goff. So, I mean, Matt Stafford is a proven veteran in this league. He's been stuck in Detroit in that hellhole for years. And finally, he's going to be able to have a coach with him that's, you know, able to kind of scheme the offense to the point where he's going to have some deep ball weapons. I mean, Cooper Cup just ate the Colts lunch right. on, on Sunday. He had a monster, monster game. No, I think the Rams are definitely better from an offense Defensive standpoint, defensively, I think they have still have some work to do. I think, you know, I mean, like it or not, the, the Colts like were in that game and they were winning in the fourth quarter. Right. And, and you know, I know that they got a lucky play with a with a botch snap on the punt, but like still, you know, the Colts are not a bad team, and Wentz is not a bad quarterback. He's just not dependable and is not, you know, reliable if he's not there. So. You know, the Rams, now, hey, we're going to find out how good the Rams are this week, aren't we? Because yeah. 12 is coming in, right. and, and 12 is tough. So it's going to be it's gonna be a good litmus test for us to see the Rams. The middle finger of the week award goes to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, who was uh, vintage Aaron Rodgers against the Detroit Lions. I know you can't get too excited because it's the Detroit Lions. But Aaron, right. Aaron Rodgers was you know, as good as you might expect. And the thing that I loved was when they interviewed him at the end of the game, he basically said, told everybody to go pound sand. You know, you know, he did. I mean, it was the shortest interview in the history of, uh, of, of football. You know, he basically said like one line, like, you know, I told everybody and just walked away. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, he, he does not care. He no. just does not care. He is, he is just, out living life, dancing in the moonlight. I mean, that's all he's doing. I mean, seriously, you could play that song over and over. That is Aaron Rodgers' theme song this year. He is just dancing in the moonlight. He is completely, completely just fixated on proving people that no matter what happened this offseason, Right. It doesn't matter. It's just a game, man. It's just one game, man. Look at this, you know. I think I think we did pretty good this week, didn't we? Now he's setting himself up to get absolutely blasted by the media. He's already being blasted by the media. Yeah. But he, but I don't think for, he cares about that either. No, no. I mean, if he gets, if he gets douche of the year, they're not going <laughs> to care. I mean, how much is he going to care? You know, right, like right. I, I love the attitude. Uh, I love the attitude that he's just putting out there because how many stories were wrong about Aaron Rodgers this year? Right. About Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? Every one. So many. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything was wrong. Yeah. So, but people still think he's halfway out the door. Now, I mean, if things go sour, we'll see. But the Packers are good enough to beat the bad teams. Are they good enough to beat the good teams at this point? I'm not sure because right. they haven't played one. So they're playing one this week in San Francisco. Let's go see. Let's go see how good because this is not a particular spot in which Rodgers has been good. He does not like playing in San Francisco. He likes playing in San Francisco. It's his hometown, but he hasn't played good there. So we'll see how good they are this week. So my favorite player in the NFL this year, and it pains me because I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but my Ooh. my favorite player in the league is CeeDee Lamb. Oh, unbelievable. He is worth the price of admission. you know. And, and what he did last week against the Chargers, the way he makes people miss – is just, it's so much fun to watch, Dan. He, he is, he may be the best receiver in the league. Wow, that big statement well, from the big guy up here. I tell you what, he's in the top three. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I love it. I love it. I love the take. That is a huge take, but I absolutely love it because I love C.D. Lamb. Yeah, he's so I mean, fun. and I love his, I love his, I love his nickname, ABCD Lamb. That's just so good. <laughs> I mean, yep. Chris Barman just nailed it again. Yeah. But like, it's, I mean, he is just such a difficult person to tackle, yeah. um, because if you get him out in open space, Forget he it. just is, is is a wiggle. There I mean, are, he's are, he's an absolute rattlesnake. There he'll just he'll just wiggle around you. There's jocks left all over the field. It's just <laughs> all over the field. 
You know, I mean, all over the field, people are picking up trousers left and right. It's, crazy. it's unbelievable. Well, and you know, and at the, and the other part of that game, and it was it was a good win for them. The other part of that game, though, is another great effort by Dak Prescott. You know, if anybody yeah. thought, if anybody thought that, you know, well, you know, it's just his first game back. Let's not get too excited. Uh, you might, you know, I'll tell you what, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're pretty excited right now. Oh, you're definitely optimistic. I think the reason, though, that you have the most optimism is not about CeeDee Lamb or Dak Prescott, though. What's that? Their defense played really it good. Did. It's true. They played really good. They yeah. put Micah, Car- Micah Parsons as a middle linebacker, put him as a down lineman at the end, and he got after Justin Herbert. I mean, yep. that kid is that kid. You want to talk about another kid. I mean, they are full of just talented, talented players. Now, it was a close game. They didn't necessarily, you know, they didn't play their greatest game, but they did enough, and I think it's resiliency, and they went on the road and they won a game. So now they get to come home. Can they do that again under the bright lights of Monday Night Football? That's what I want to know. Uh, how for real is Dallas with all those injuries on offense and on defense? Right. The game of the week, without a doubt, there's no is is the game on Sunday night with the Ravens beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you huge. And, you know, and and you know the thing is, is that the the thing that's most stark to me when you look at this game is that Baltimore shut Kansas City out in the fourth quarter. You, know, you don't see that very often. You know, you really don't. And Patrick Mahomes was great. You know, he really was. I mean, he had a great game. But they could not stop Baltimore on the ground. <laughs> you know, Lamar Jackson is just just ridiculous. What? Every, this is two weeks in a row. Yeah. This is two weeks in a row. He looks like he, you know, Lamar Jackson looks like the Lamar Jackson from a couple of years ago. You know, he looks like uh, he is ready to go. And, uh He's going to be a handful, and but the Chiefs need to be worried about this defense. I think. Oh, it's I mean it's it's Swiss cheese right now. Yeah, I mean you can run you can run rough shot over it. Seriously, I mean look the the Browns ran up and down the field on them week yep. one. Yep. If it wasn't for the punter being an idiot, I mean they would have won the game. <laughs> but you so I mean you, you can't give up almost 500 yards of offense and expect to win games. I mean that's what, what I'm saying. Yeah. Baltimore just went up and down the field in the fourth quarter and was able to win the game. Yeah. And Lamar is a wonder. I mean that's why Lamar is Lamar. And I, I don't care what anybody says at any time. I've always put Lamar uh, right in like the number five number four spot in the league because he's just a dynamic weapon that yep. no one else has. I yep. mean, he's incredible. Ends up hurting his hip on that flip, though, which was a, a little concerning. It didn't practice today, but, you know, I think he'll be good to go. I, I just think that uh, Baltimore is one of those teams that is structural. I said this last week about Seattle. I'll say it about them this week. You remember in, in grade school or in high school when you had to build the toothpick bridge yeah. in, in class, you know, and, and, and you would build it, and every time they put weight down on it, it would just completely collapse. And there was always <laughs> one kid that knew how to build the toothpick bridge. Yep. That's Lamar Jackson. That's the Baltimore Ravens. They just are structurally sound, and they're a toothpick bridge. That's what they are. Well, and that, if nothing else, that win last week for them – Talk about getting a monkey off your back. Now, Huge. you know, I mean, they haven't been able to beat that team, you know, and so for that team now, when playoff time comes to know and to have the confidence that, yeah, okay, they're not going to get us this time. We we can, we know how to beat these guys now. That is immense. Massive, massive. And they get, I mean, if you think about it down the road, it's tiebreaker city right there. Right. So now, so now you've got that over, over Kansas City. And think about this, Gene, too. When Kansas City goes and plays the Chargers this weekend, yeah, one of those teams is going to be one and two. Yep. Uh, the Raiders are playing a two-less Dolphins yeah, at home. They're going to be undefeated. And 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 the and Denver's playing the Jets. Oh. So yeah. you know, yeah. there's a good chance that if Kansas City loses this game, they're going to be two games down on two teams, wow. and then have I have one game down and have already lost the game to the Chargers. So this game, I'm not saying it's a must-win for the Chiefs because the Chiefs are unbelievable. Right. But this game is kind of crucial, to be honest with you. It is not easy to just jump teams. Right. You know, like this is a good, this is a very, very big week for Andy Reid, I think. Before we get into the picks for this week, one more game I want to talk about last week. And uh, uh, Kyler Murray, another big game, threw for 400 yards. Now, he did throw a couple of picks, but that was another strong performance by that Arizona offense, and uh, they come back to beat the uh, Minnesota Vikings. That's a heck of a game. That's a heck of a heck game. Heck of a game. I, you know, you feel terrible for Minnesota. I mean, yeah. now they've lost 
two weeks in a row on right. game-winning field goals, one that went in and one that did not. Right. So, you know, that one is, is a tough blow for them because I think Kirk Cousins played really well. Kyler Murray is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he just is he is just such a pleasure to watch. He's just running around. I mean, I, I, I got to find a different name than the little chicken nugget, but I just can't find anything else. It's just so perfect. So if a chicken nugget had legs, he'd be the first chicken nugget to ever win the MVP. <laughs> He's a 20-piece. He's incredible. I love it. I know, and I'll say this. I... I have to take back. I thought he was making a mistake by going into the NFL. I did. I thought that he would have been better off in baseball. But that you know, that's my baseball bias probably talking. But probably, probably you know, but but now he probably would have been just as good to be quite yeah, honest with you. The kid's but, an unbelievable but watch, athlete. But watching what he has done, here's the difference. He's got an opportunity, I think, if he continues to 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 project the way he's been playing. He's got an opportunity to go down as maybe not one of the greatest of all time, but he's got a chance to go down as a one of, you know, the top quarter of quarterbacks that ever played in this league. He is really talented. You know, I'm not of his generation. Of his yeah. generation, I'm not ready to put him. He's not, I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame. It's way too early for that. But the kid, he he just he seems to be getting better and better and better. We saw it last year. I mean, he was really shaky, and he was, you know, as the season went on, he got better. And, uh, boy, his numbers, at least at the start of this season, have been ridiculous. I think I think he may end up, if he's still in Arizona, his whole career or most of his career, and, and they don't have a team around him, um, he may end up like Phillip Rivers or Warren Moon, yeah, uh, one really, of those guys that yeah. kind of like, you know, ends up who's a really, really great player that just never had a team around yeah. him and put up a ton of yards. Yeah. I mean, just was an electric player. It was, yeah. it, it, I hope that doesn't happen to him because he's so, so Well, good. he may have to get Arizona, out of Arizona for that not to happen, but that's that's a good point. That's, you know, Warren Moon, that's, that's I hadn't thought about him. That's a, that's a good comparison. I hope that doesn't happen to him, though. But all right, let's uh, get to the games this week. Uh, there's a, there's a, it's a really kind of all over the place this week. There's some really big spreads this week, but there's, uh, I got, I got huge have, spreads. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I got, it's a tough, it's a minefield this week. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You'll probably go uh, 12 and two this week. And so, <laughs> uh, I don't feel good about it. So that means it's the perfect time. All right. Let's start off, uh, the first game, Indianapolis Colts. We don't know what the status of Carson Wentz is, but they are at, the uh, Tennessee Titans this week. And uh, for Tennessee, uh, a good bounce back last week, beating a pretty good Seattle team in overtime. Uh, that w- They needed that one. Huge comeback. Hey, they figured something out. Give Derrick Henry the ball and the good things will happen. Shocking. right? I mean, like, I, it's amazing. It's amazing that, you, you know, you give that guy the ball and good things happen. It's unbelievable. Yep. Um, look, we don't know what Carson Wentz's status is. It sounds like the Colts brought in Brett Huntley to come play today in practice and took a lot of first-team reps today. So really? maybe they're that unconfident in Jacob wow. Eason. Okay. But, I mean, you know, if Wentz can't go, I think this is a major, major issue. And even if Wentz can't go, he's not 100%. Right. He's not playing well at all. The Colts, I think, have bigger structural issues than than we realize here. They don't have a really a, a starting left tackle. They don't have T.Y. Hilton still. The defense has been okay, not great. I think this is a, just a bad spot right now for, for the Colts. I think the Titans kind of figured things out last week and got a big win in resiliency. They'll come home and they'll win. They're, uh, I think they're, what, five-point favorites in this one. You think they, they probably cover that one too, I would think. I, 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 I would think it's a sharp play to play the Colts, but I, I don't like the Colts this week. I would take the five with the, with the Titans. All right, at Pittsburgh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the two banged-up quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger uh, got an, what, it was a shoulder injury or an upper body injury of some kind last week. He took a, took a couple of massive shots in this game. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite at home against the Bengals. Yeah, it's a pectoral issue for Ben, so that's pectoral, a that's yeah. a it's, it's a major issue for him. And again, I mean, man, he looks he looks he looks eighty out there. He does. I mean, it's, we, it's talk, we talked about good. it last week, and it, I, it's, it just got worse. It got worse. I mean, I can't believe it. And they're also going to probably be missing uh, Devin Bush again. Maybe Joe Hayden. T.J. Watt is one hundred percent healthy. He's out. So. Yeah. You know, Burrow catches a break with that. I mean, I'm sure he's thanking God and Buddha and and and, and Muhammad, and whoever he can figure out to thank. He's thanking. Right. I mean, he's thanking every God in the book for that. But I mean, I think that Pittsburgh has to win this game again with their defense. And if their defense is not 100, percent I think they might be kind of ripe for an upset here. Oh. So if we're gonna go an upset pick this week. 
You know, the Bengals have been playing well in, in, in at least, I mean, the Bengals got to put together a full game. Right. That's what they got to do. They haven't played a full half very, very well. They played one, or I'm sorry, they played only one half very, very well in both of their games. Right. They got to put it together this week. I hate taking Zach Taylor on the freaking road. But, you know, I, I, I am going to begrudgingly take an upset this week. I'm going to take the, take the Bengals. All right. Uh, your Cleveland Browns are at home this my, week. My Cleveland Browns. Your Cleveland Browns are at home this week against the Bears. Now, you know, you have to – I mean, I, Cleveland's a seven-point favorite. I have to think that they're going to be your pick here, especially with Fields starting a quarterback and what we didn't see from him last week. I, I do not – I do not think that Fields is ready. Um, I think that's a major issue. I think that this Cleveland team – is probably going to be able to run the ball at will. Their offensive line is really good. Now, the Bears are going to present some challenges on the defensive line, there's no question, but the Bears are also vulnerable in the secondary. My only problem is that we don't know how healthy Baker Mayfield is either because Baker popped his shoulder out in that game, remember, and then came back in. They didn't run the ball. They didn't throw the ball again. So this is a tricky game for me, but I still think Cleveland has enough horses. I mean, Field is going to try and get it down the field. They got to contain him, though. They yeah. got to contain him. They have to. They have to make him throw from the pocket. And if they can do that, I think Miles, guys like Miles Garrett, Clowney, get those guys on the edge, because uh, the Bears' O line stinks out loud. I mean, it stinks. So if they can get some pressure on Fields, really make him hurt, I think it can win the game. At least, you know, win the game. I'm not convinced about the number of seven, though. I, I don't have a read on that one. You know, the one thing, even if. Baker Mayfield's not 100%. The one thing with this Cleveland team is you know they can run the football. They could probably win this game just running the football. Probably. Probably. You That's know. definitely true. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, another interesting game. At Minnesota, Seattle, after losing that game last week, Minnesota loses a tough game last week. Uh, Seattle is a two-point favorite on the road. And the uh, if you look at the over-under in this one, by the way, it's got the highest number of the week, 55-and-a-half. So people are expecting a shootout in this one. Yeah, I mean, Seattle had a shootout last week in, in at home, and, and I'm assuming they're probably going to have one this week. Minnesota did the same thing last week in Arizona. So I think Minnesota coming back home will help them. Minnesota's lost some games just on some bad breaks. Seattle, as explosive as their offense is, um, they have not been a great road favorite or a road, yeah, road favorite team. They haven't been great in the last couple of years there. And, and as a, as a home underdog, Kirk Cousins actually pretty good historically. So I, I would, I would lean Vikings here. I think the Vikings, it's a bounce back spot for them. They've lost two games again by four total points on game winning field goals that either didn't go in or did go in Seattle absolutely choked that game away last week. I mean, just everything in the world. They think their their offensive line. They got to work some stuff out. And Dalvin Cooks. I mean, there might not be a better running back right now that is playing than Dalvin Cook. He right. might be having the best best year he's had so far. So he's he's been really really solid. I, I think the Vikings bounce back and they win at home. All right. Uh, this next one uh, we're going to talk about uh, TB12 and Rob Gronkowski on the road at the Rams. The Bucks are a two point favorite. Now, one thing I think I read Antonio Brown is probably not going to be available this weekend. He's Correct. on the COVID list. So uh, does that make a difference? I mean, it makes a slight difference. I think there's no question. I mean, Antonio Brown didn't have a huge game last week, but, I mean, the Brady-Gronk connection is just incredible yeah. how they've how they've resurgence, isn't it? I mean, it's it's really incredible, and it's something it's something we really got to look at. I mean, it's, it's sad. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely sad, and I wish it was happening here. Right. But, you know, there are powers that be that don't let that happen. So right. – uh, with Tampa, look, this is a real test for both of these teams. These two teams are very, very evenly matched. I'm excited to see Matt Stafford play against that Bucks defense. The Bucks are vulnerable in the secondary. The Bucks are vulnerable. Look out. I mean, I just think that that is a scary spot for them. Everything in my being is telling me to take the Bucks here. But I don't know. I don't know. I think the Rams might have a spot open to be able to beat this team. Remember they beat them last year in Tampa. Yep. Uh, that was a Monday night game. 
Ah, screw it. I'll take the Bucks. I don't have enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bucks. It's a tight game. I just don't think. I don't think that. I think Tampa's just a juggernaut right now. Yeah. I think they're a juggernaut offensively, and if their defense is going to get uh, interceptions like they did last week, I mean, two in the fourth quarter, absolutely. I mean, you want to talk about a heartbreaker having the Falcons plus twelve and a half, and then right. having two freaking pick sixes. I mean, goodness gracious. But um, I just think Tampa's a juggernaut right now. All right, uh, now we go to New England, and we talk about that Saints game against the Patriots, and the Patriots are a three-point favorite. Well, we talked about it in the beginning of this, is that you know the Patriots, is a, they have a huge concern in the offensive line and the defensive line. Uh, the Saints are really, really good up front on the offensive line. They'll push you around. Patriots have got blown off the line. Uh, Kyle Van Noy will be back, thank God, so that is a big, big sigh of relief. Um can they get Trent Brown back? That would be so huge. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not uh, and put him back at right tackle. Heck, put him at left tackle at this point for crying out loud. But, you know, to me, I think this game comes down to Kamara. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think this game is probably going to be a lot of run the football between these two teams. Um, the Saints are very vulnerable in the passing game, and the Patriots just don't have the receivers. I, don't, I just don't think they have the receivers to exploit that. Now, the Saints don't really have the receivers to exploit the Patriots because the Patriots really aren't that bad of a secondary. I mean, they're actually really good secondary. Right. Um, you know, I usually have a feeling – I usually have a pretty good feeling when I know the Patriots are going to lose, and this is a feeling I have right now. I think the Saints win this game. Wow. I do. Wow. I, I will pick, I'll pick the Saints to win the game. I just don't have the confidence right now up front. You win the game in the trenches, and if the Patriots can't do that, they won't win this game, and I don't think they will. Well, you know, the, the only thing I'm going to I'm going to throw out there is, you know, Jameis Winston was the old Jameis Winston last week. You know, I mean, so if if they if they need if the Patriots can get up at all and they and the, the Saints end up needing Jameis Winston to make a play. I mean, I kind of like the Patriot chances from that standpoint. I mean, what he threw a couple more picks last week, got sacked four times. Uh, so, you know, that's the thing. I think it's I think it's important that the Patriots get an early lead in this one. I think it's true, but here's the here's the kicker, Gene, from that game last week. Yeah, he got sacked four times. Who's sacking him? I mean, this is Carolina. Carolina has a good yeah, front true. seven. Yeah, good point. Carolina's yeah. got Brian Burns. Carolina's got a lot of good players up front. And how many yards rushing did Alvin Kamara have? 30, 40? Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember the number. It was horrible. Oh, no, he had five, he had five yards rushing. That is atrocious. Eight. That is absolutely horrendous. And only 25 yards receiving. That is horrendous from Kamara. He will not do that two weeks in a row. He may that have, will not happen. And that mean, and that mean, mean he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder with something to prove. So maybe that. No. He, <laughs> and if they can't stop the run, they haven't stopped the run all year. Why yeah. would they do it now? Especially after a game like that for Kamara. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm 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 nervous for this game. Sean Payton coming in here and scheming uh, things I, up. Geez, I tried to make you feel a little bit better about Jameis Winston, and I made it worse. There's <laughs> always a way to make me feel worse about New England, no matter how good they are. All right, the last one, and then before we get out of here, and that is the Monday night game. The Dallas Cowboys at home, a four-point favorite against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles uh, offensively last week were pathetic. What can they do against this Dallas team? Uh, what they can do is they can run their offense um, and have Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, some of those running backs uh, get out in open space. I think if they do that, Dallas ain't going to be able to to run with them. I think Micah Parsons is the one guy that can, but I don't think the rest of them can, and especially if they get the ball to Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. Now, the Eagles are going to – the Eagles played great against the 49ers on defense. I will I say that. Yep. Um, they control the line of scrimmage. That's what they do. They do lose Brandon Brooks, the, the, the right guard, that, again. I mean, what else is new? So, you know, the Eagles are going to have to fix some things up front on the offensive line, but their defensive line I think will be fine against this Dallas front. Um, this is, this is, I'm going to spoil it for all those that listen to the Sunday card, but this is my favorite bet of the week. I'm taking the Eagles plus four. I'll take the Eagles money line. I love the Eagles this week. I wow. love the Eagles to go into Dallas. And when I know I picked them last week and really, honestly, there were a couple of plays where the Eagles got absolutely screwed. They had a, they had a fumble on the, on the toss play that went out of bounds. Jalen Rager had a centimeter of his foot out of bounds on a 60 yard touchdown. I mean, there was just there was just so much stuff that was so so close. And the Eagles has caught some bad breaks. I think it comes the other way again this week, and Dallas doesn't catch the breaks that they caught last week. I'm taking the Eagles. I gotta ask you one more thing before I let you get out of here. Um, what what? Give me your take on 
the issue that they're having in the NFL with the new taunting rules and the penalties. God Almighty! I, God go. Almighty! I knew I'd Just get you going. Stop it! I mean, this is ridiculous. Guys flexing on people like, give me a break. This is the NFL, man. Well, like, this is the NFL. Yeah. This has been going on for so long. This is how everything is played. It is just so true. John Mara sitting up there and the on the rules committee is an absolute wet fart up there. I mean, he is just awful. He is just absolutely awful. It's terrible. I mean, like, let no fun league. Here we go again. It's just it's it's so consistent with what they normally do that I'm not surprised. It is an absolute joke. They should never be rid of it. They should bury it. They should bury it. With the rest of those, some of those idiot owners that they have, with the rest of the turds down in the sewers, that's what they should bury that rule. It's hey, terrible. Hey, don't hold back. <laughs> tell me, tell me I mean, what, how can you penalize really... a guy like Reed in the secondary of Seattle I, I... for flexing on? A guy? How many times does Seattle yeah. get absolutely screwed? I mean, that's costing people money. Yeah, yeah. that's costing people money. Yeah, that's that's true. And the NFL came out this week and said, "Well, we have no plans to change it anytime soon." So, Gosh. you know, you know. You know, it's. I guess it's kind of along the same lines. Look, we're seeing this in every sport now. Look in baseball. You know, you got guys doing bat flips and all kinds of you know dancing around the bases when they hit home runs. You you would have never seen that before, and you know, it's it's almost like the NFL is trying to act like this is the 1950s instead of kind of getting with the times a little bit, don't you? I mean, that's these the, are grown to me, that's men. Yeah, these, these are grown men, Gene. Like, you think they can't take? You think they can't take somebody flexing up on them? Like getting in their face, yeah. you know. I mean, are we well, like? Do we are we really not like? I don't want to say like you know. I and, and listen, I'm not you know left right you know whatever. Like I don't want to make it a political thing because this is like you know. But are we are we like in culture and society today? Are we just not aware that you know in there's a culture in football where there is trash talk? Are we just not aware of that well, at all? Yeah, well, and it happens at every level, yeah. you know. And we do, and we have these old, you know, white guys that's sitting up there that like are are wanting us to run, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, like in Vince yeah. Lombardi and Paul Horning and all these things. Like, come on, well, like, you, you know, let's you, get with the time. You know, you it's it's interesting too because you said you know it, these are grown men, but they're they're actually it's a league run by not their fathers, it's a league run by their grandfathers. You know, the people right. that that you know the people that are in the biggest positions of power in the NFL right now are guys that are two generations removed so they really don't get it so maybe maybe that's the issue maybe I, and i hate to say it, i mean maybe we just need some of these guys to die I, <laughs> I, I, you know, i'm not oh uh, my god i'm not advocating anybody take anybody out but my point is is that maybe for the game to evolve to the point where we're actually acting like it's 2021 instead of 1921 is to get some different people in leadership. Maybe that's the you're, answer. You're, you're trying to like off Bob McNair and Jerry <laughs> Jones over there. I mean, that's really what you're trying to do, aren't you? It's incredible. Uh, uh, so, I better not say anything else before we get the yeah, FCC. I was going to say before, before we're in big trouble. So listen, Dan, <laughs> uh, I hope you have a better week picking this week because there's nowhere to go but up, my friend. That's right. <laughs> One way of looking at it. Uh, well, we're going to be on the road next week, but I'll be in a hotel somewhere not with Dan but I'll be calling Dan from a hotel and we'll try to figure out a way to get uh, get him on the air next week because uh, we got a big one next week can't wait to talk about it oh yes we do I don't know if I would ever stay in a hotel with Eugene but you know what you are a good guy <laughs> Dan Sapano <laughs> here on Sports Country Radio